Let's get down to business. Welcome to Profits and Purpose, a Colorado Business Roundtable production that unapologetically tells the story that business is good through conversations with Colorado's business leaders. Please welcome your host, the president of the Colorado Business Roundtable, Debbie Brown. Hi, welcome to this episode of Profits and Purpose with Colorado Business Roundtable. And I'm excited today to introduce you to Chris Schmidt, the managing partner for Deloitte here in Colorado. Uh, Chris, welcome to the show today. Thanks, Debbie. Thanks for having me. You bet. Hey, before we get into some tougher questions, uh, tell me a little bit about you, how you ended up in Colorado, if you're from Colorado, what's what's your story? From Colorado, um, grew up in the Littleton area, specifically Ken Carroll Ranch, attended Columbine High School. Then I went to uh, Colorado State University for my undergrad. When I was uh, working my first job, I attended CU at night to get my MBA. Okay, so you've got both covered, CU and CU. Yeah, exactly. Although allegiance is with your undergrad, so Colorado State. Oh, that's probably true. And then how did you, tell us more about your professional journey. How did you end up uh, with Deloitte and working in the financial sector? I think for me, I I knew at a pretty early age that I was probably going to do something in accounting. Um, My dad actually worked for the IRS for his entire career. Um, and he had several friends that worked for, at the time, they were big eight firms. I remember uh, I had a high school teacher, Miss Moxie, and she was our business teacher. And I took an accounting course with her when I was maybe a sophomore or junior. And I really got hooked on accounting and the whole debits and credits thing. And it was uh, interesting. And she was also the one that helped me get my first job at 16 working at a bank. So uh, that was kind of how I, I got involved in it and why I was interested in it. Well, I, I suspect holidays were fun at the Schmidt household. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, there's only so much fun that can be had in accounting and debits and credits and taxes and stuff like that. But I always enjoyed it and gravitated towards it. So That's neat. Well, it's a much needed skill. And um, I know you and I have harassed each other from time to time on different majors. And, and that's how I got interested in marketing I was actually in high school, too. I had a teacher, Mr. Schwiebert, who was a real yeah. impact on me. Yeah, it's interesting how you remember those people that taught that class that you really, really gravitated towards. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's interesting to think about the big eight and now, you know, and how that field has changed quite a bit. So tell um, tell me more about Deloitte and what Deloitte focuses on here in the Colorado market. We're, we're obviously a, a large firm. Um, Deloitte offers, you know, professional services to what I would say are the world's kind of most admired brands. Um which include doing work for nearly 90% of the Fortune 500. And gosh, we do work for more than 5,000 private middle market companies. And staggering to believe that, you know, we now have over 312,000 people worldwide. Um, But specifically, I mean, most people know that we, we began as an audit firm, but as a big four firm, you know, we've really grown to become so much more than that. We provide consulting and tax and legal and audit and assurance and risk and financial advisory services to companies of really all shapes and sizes across uh, all industries. So, and here in Colorado, we have folks that participate and work in each of those those four um, business lines. So it's super oversimplified to just think accounting. It really is about consultancy in all those areas that you... That you yeah, have. absolutely. I mean, broadly, you know, a lot of people will say professional services because that's what kind of encompasses all of the things we do. But yeah, it's much, much broader than, you know, accounting now, 
um, and has been for several years. So we've got you know about 1,500 people in Colorado. Again, like I said, that uh, work in each of the four businesses that we have that I mentioned. Um, got four offices in Colorado. Um, so we do a wide variety of things specifically out of the, uh, the Denver office as well. One of, one of the things I've been enjoying asking people, Chris, this past year, especially as we're in times of COVID and recovery, and I'm looking at the calendar right now and thinking about, you know, this time last year, COVID wasn't even a thing. It was maybe something we right. heard about, you know, um, I think we thought it was maybe an impending threat, but it wasn't probably the black swan event that we're seeing today and still potentially dealing with for years to come. Give me a sense of how you were planning for the Colorado market this time last year without COVID necessarily on the radar. And then what's what's changed for you and Deloitte in that time period? Yeah, that's that's a great question. You know, ironically, th- this about this time last year was late February. This time I was actually on a, a client trip over in Southeast Asia. So I was in Australia and Singapore and Thailand and that was right when things were breaking. But um, as far as say, that's dangerous to say, what if what if you're tracked back to the guy who brought? Yeah, you know? I, <laughs> I've been tested for the antibodies. I don't know how accurate those tests are. I don't have it. But uh, yeah, I, I hope I'm not patient zero. Um, so back to your question. I mean, as far as priorities, um, you know, my priorities for the for the marketplace really focus on, you know, really four areas. So taking care of our clients, taking care of our colleagues, our community, and then growing the business. So, you know, these are the big priorities that um, are the lens through which, you know, I make and we make decisions in our local marketplace. So the economic hardship obviously brought on by the pandemic forced us to shift some of those priorities and rethink how we executed. But at a high level, the, the priorities themselves have stayed the same, but the priority importance had shifted at different times, obviously, and how we executed against those priorities. You know, for example, in early 2020, you know, taking care of our clients and our, our people was by far the biggest priority we had, making sure we could continue to serve our clients and our people were safe. Um, you know, when you got to the middle of last year, to the latter part of last year, we started to, to focus again more on, you know, how, how do we do more in our community and how do we, you know, grow the business? But those were priorities that just had to shift a little bit out to the back of the year. Um, you know, when you talk about execution of the priorities, that's what's changed dramatically, Debbie, and just how we we go about doing different things. Um, for example, you know, we, we've had to adopt a lot of technologies to be able to deliver our, our services smarter, more virtually, you know, whether that's audit technology that we've deployed or cloud-based solutions that help us do that. So those are the things that have really changed as, a, as an example of on, on the client side of how we've been doing things slightly differently. Yeah. And, I, and you probably feel like me, I think, um, you know, when COVID first hit, of course, it was almost completely about safety and health concerns yeah. for employees and clients and really trying to get a handle on, you know, all the things we didn't know at the time. But what I've been really impressed with the business community as well, they, I think by and large have done such a good job on that. But then that shift, as you said, how do we utilize technology quickly to make sure business can stay up and running and perhaps even find success in 2020? Yeah. Well, another great example of that, you know, we have always done what's called impact day. Um, it's usually the first Friday in June every year. And it's where the entire firm 
takes the day off and we do volunteerism across all of our different communities across the United States and really the world. So you imagine how many people are doing that. Well, we haven't been able to do that last year. So we shifted, you know, the priority of being involved in our community to something we call impact every day. And what that really manifests itself for us is, you know, we, we have a program called Step Up Program. And we've delivered more than 10 virtual kind of skills-based volunteerism projects for nonprofit organizations here in Colorado with our practitioners to help them solve, you know, kind of really meaty, challenging issues on their behalf. And so while we can't do the, you know, massive in-person impact day event to, to help lots and lots of different entities in our community, these 10 we've done have had a really profound impact and helped these 10 entities we worked with. So I'm proud of that. Yeah, that's great. And I would say probably that goes to the skill set of your employees even more. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm hoping, um, you know, as the vaccine takes hold, we'll all be able to shift again and see. But, um, you know, it's interesting, too, I think about other private market um, businesses here in Colorado and how disruption brings opportunity probably your clients need you more. And frankly, you when you shift a little bit, you know, there's opportunity in companies that know how to pivot quickly and take advantage of um, perhaps innovation that's coming a little bit faster. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think the, the, the pandemic has brought in, brought up a lot of opportunities, um, a lot of challenges, but, you know, it's a great opportunity for companies to rethink things that they've been doing, be a little bit more innovative. So lots of opportunities there. Um, yeah, let's let's shift gears and talk about public policy. And this sure. might be one of the reasons you're involved with Colorado Business Roundtable, which we can get into more. But when I think about, again, the private sector, the business community, and why businesses would want to grow in Colorado or bring employees to Colorado, you know, public policy sometimes comes to mind as far as um, the business climate. Sure. So what public policy issues are top of mind for, for you and Deloitte? Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously, big entity, um, represented in, lot, in lots of different locations. But for, for us, you know, there's a variety of different issues that could potentially impact our organization. Um, for example, you know, when the the current president was on the campaign trail, there was, you know, many proposals on how um, he would seek to change tax policies. So it'd be interesting to see how this, this new president and his administration, you know, will affect tax policy. Um, you know, will there be increases in corporate tax rates? Will there be increases in personal tax rates? Um, you know, what kind of credits will be out there? What kind of credits will go away? Um, you know, what are the specific changes to, to sectors and to industries that are under consideration? So those are those are some of the big things that, that we keep on top of and look after, but uh, potential for lots of policy changes um, in the next you know, 12 months, 24 months for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I would think that you have to be on top of not only the federal policies per the new administration, but state policies, local, regulatory. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> so it's yeah. good thing you have all those employees to keep track of all those. <laughs> I've got plenty of help. Regulatory. <laughs> good. I've got plenty of help. Um, any big opportunities or bigger challenges for this next year, kind of looking ahead? Where do you see, um, you know, kind of the best um, positioning in terms of opportunities? Yeah, you know, maybe, maybe I'll start with the, the challenges. I mean, clearly there's some big challenges in the state, um, you know, getting ourselves to return the economy back to where it was in the pre-COVID levels and 
those top rankings that we enjoyed, like, you know, best economy or best states for business. And I think the recovery of our services and hospitality industries, um, which has been hit really hard by the pandemic, will also be a big challenge. And then there's the obvious, you know, big question of, you know, how do we deal with state budget shortfalls? So no shortage of challenges. But, you know, on, on the flip side of that, I think Colorado has a real opportunity to advance, you know, with innovation and, you know, things like effective tax and regulatory investment strategies that, you know, will hopefully sustain employment growth and long-term economic development. So I think there's a lot of opportunities. Um, I have talked about that for a while. I think there's a whole bunch of them. Yeah, absolutely. And it kind of leads me to the work that you and I have done, Chris, with a whole host of other, uh, I like to think, big thinkers and big doers in Colorado that have contributed to the Road to Recovery Initiative that Colorado Business Roundtable has put together in partnership with Common Sense Institute. And you've been a big part of that. And I would love to get a little bit of a sense of what, what's your perspective on that initiative um, in the sense of the private sector leaning in just a little bit more on offering some of those recommendations to get us get us recovered really well for the state. Yeah, it was it was a wonderful initiative to be involved in, Debbie. Um, you know, with the initial outreach that uh, you know you, you did and I was involved in to to go out and get a really kind of diverse group of executives and industry leaders together on behalf of Colorado and convene to, you know, kind of put together some really meaty recommendations on those three pillars that we have. You know, I, I specifically was the co-chair of, of one of the pillars, which was called prioritizing a competitiveness, competitiveness agenda. So some really good things came out of that. I think the, the fact that we had a group of private citizens and business leaders that were able to come together and put together recommendations to help our state is just a testament to how people want to, you know, really be part of the solution and, you know, figure out a path forward to us, a way that we return to where we were before the pandemic. So I was really excited to be involved and some really, really good recommendations came out of that, uh, that work, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. And, um, you know, I, it was it was kind of fun for me to be a little bit of, um, you know, I was probably more the convener role, but helping um, to invite some of these CEOs or C-level executives from industries like manufacturing and aerospace and, and folks who have, you know, not only a Colorado perspective, but want to invest and stay in Colorado, but, but perhaps run global companies. And so just being a part of having that deliberation and that, um, in some ways, even kind of some feisty debate of what's the most important. We can't come up right. with 50 recommendations. How do we get it down to five or six? Was really um, cool to be a part of that process. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, I, I think some of the specific things that we came up with um, that revolved around some of that conversation, some debate, you know, for sure. The pandemic's opened up a lot of opportunities for us to to support kind of a, a more four corners approach to economic development in the state. Whereas, you know, before companies that were here or wanted to come here wanted to be in the Denver kind of metro area. But the pandemic has really opened up opportunities for us to kind of take more of a four corners approach. And, you know, with that, you know, there's obviously big opportunities for us to continue to attract, you know, headquartered companies here to Colorado. We've seen a lot of kind of high profile departures from California that have wound up here and other places. So those policies that we can put in place to help attract more headquarters companies and put the right incentives in place to attract more foreign investment and trade and 
things like that will just help us recover, you know, that much faster. And I think that's that's the the gist of a lot of the recommendations were things along those lines. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say if folks are interested, they can go to our website, which is cobrt.com, and that'll help lead them to the road to recovery recommendations. They can download the full report. They can see who was involved. But what I'm excited about too, Chris, I know you and I just talked about it briefly, is kind of what's the 2.0 of this? You know, recovery is yeah. not a magical, let's wave a wand and Colorado's back to number one. You know, how do we, um, you know, get together next as as a group of contributors and co-chairs and, and sort of reflect back on the progress perhaps since late last fall and then think about how to, um, you know, see what's happened perhaps at the legislature or other regulatory bodies and how do we think ahead to kind of a 2.0 version. So um, love your thoughts on that kind of looking forward. Yeah, I mean, I, I wish I had a crystal ball to, to figure out what 2.0 is going to look like, but I think you said it properly. It, it'll be largely shaped by, you know, what's the reaction of what we put together originally and, and some of the recommendations with the current administration, the governor's office, um, the state legislature, the rest of the business community, as we, as we see them, you know, kind of get familiar with what we put together and where they're thinking in certain areas, I think that'll largely shape what we do for 2.0. But like you said, it, it wasn't just a, here's a document, here's a recipe for, you know, returning to pre-COVID levels and then, you know, we're done. I think it's an evolution. It'll be a, a work in progress and it'll, you know, morph and change over time for sure. So I'm excited to be part of 2.0. Yeah, me too. Me too. And it's fun because as you said, it's a fluid process and I suspect some of our presumption or some of what we assumed perhaps in the fall or late summer, you know, has changed. And so um, it's, it's frankly nice just to have the opportunity to bring more private sector folks to the table on these conversations. You know, shame Absolutely. on us if it's just, you know, government um, at the table. It's a chance for the community to really dive in. Yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's fair to just assume that, you know, the current administration or the legislation is just going to solve all these problems. I mean, I, I live here, you live here. We want to be part of the solution and want to be involved and the more we can all be involved and share our thinking, we get to a better place, I believe. So, Very true. Well, hey, Chris, thanks for the time today. It's been great uh, letting some of the folks who listen to our podcast know more about you. And you've been, you know, I hate to say fun for an accounting guy, fun to work with on the Colorado <laughs> Business Roundtable Board. And How dare you? You're going to give us a bad rep. <laughs> I know. You know, I since I, I don't want to ever take an accounting class again, I'll be sure to hire Deloitte anytime I need that skill set. Well, we appreciate that. Yeah, but thanks for joining us. And um, again, for folks who want to learn more about the Road to Recovery, uh, a Colorado Business Roundtable, you can go to cobrt.com. And again, thanks to Chris Schmidt with Deloitte for joining us today. This has been a presentation of the Colorado Business Roundtable. Be sure to check out all of our episodes on Podcatchers Everywhere at cobrt.com. Our technical producer is John Ekstrom and Deaf Communications. Thank you for listening to Profits and Purpose.